And good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Kim Davis. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is the first Tuesday of April. Today is April the 4th. A happy early birthday to my oldest sister, Peaches. Her name's Ellen, but if you know, if you're family and if you know her, it's Peaches. Her birthday's Friday, so happy early birthday, sister. Listen, I am uh, super excited to be with you today. I was a couple minutes late hopping on because I was over at Radio One uh, doing a couple interviews promoting this upcoming African-American male wellness walk. You've heard me talk about it here on the show for months now. Um, one of our sponsors, the World Youth Foundation, is making it possible for us to collaborate with the world, uh, with the African-American male wellness agency. That's that's part of what this, what this collaborative relationship is. There are less than two weeks. The information, you can go online. It's, you don't have to register, but you can sign up a passion team. We want to be able to capture who's there so we'll know how many people that we were able to serve. It's free for the entire family. And while we are promoting health of African-American men, we're encouraging African-American men to come out, participate, get screenings, get the information, right? Be a part of this health and wellness journey. We know it's a whole family that makes it happen. And we know in the spirit of the Million Man March that I was reminded of earlier today with uh, the minister, Dr. Muhammad, the, the, the minister formerly known as Dr. Robert Muhammad, as he said earlier, it is like the Million Man March. It was the sisters who made sure that the men showed up and, and participated on it. So um, it is important. Make sure that you participate. It's April the 15th on the great campus of Texas Southern University. And keep listening. Keep following this space. You're going to hear a lot more about it. Now, jumping into today's show, before we get any further, the other person, the other <clears throat> partner that's been with us forever is I Love Jinka. It is that great turmeric paste. If you've got ails and aches and you've got some, some chronic issues that you're trying to work through, high cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, you know, maybe you're having joint pain or your A1C levels high, you need Jinka, which is a turmeric paste in your life. You can take it in a capsule, you can use a powder, or you can take the paste and put it into pretty much anything, smoothies, apple juice, coffee, almond milk. But if you're in Houston, you can get it from HEB and here is where you find it. Here at HEB, in the Healthy Living Department, the probiotics, you can find Jenkins seven days a week. Yep. Look at that So that's where you find it in the stores. And if you're not in Houston and you say, well, Kim, I'm not in Houston. How do I get this goodness in my life? Well, you can get it by going online to I Love Jinka. Dot com. You can go to ilovejinka.com and get the paste, um, order it. It ships every place. It is also, I believe it has gone live on the uh, AFI's website. They're part of, uh, they, they have a partnership with the, the military. And so you're going to be able to find it at certain Air Force bases around the country and, and on the websites. So making it available in a number of places. And of course, last but not least, there are Kimmy Treats. Um, in stock, if you're in Houston at Sunshine's Vegetarian Deli, there is the body butter, the vegan popcorn, the Kimmy bars. But if you too are not in Houston and you want this goodness, you can get it online at KimmyTreats.com. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So the national championships have been decided, right? Uh, over the weekend, the university, LSU University, uh, defeated Iowa in the women's championship to win um, LSU's first women's championship, right? They're, they're NCAA champions for the first time. They defeated Iowa in Dallas on Sunday. And then last night here in Houston at NRG Stadium, it was the Yukon Huskies continuing their dominance in what has been an amazing run for them over postseason. They've just made it look really easy, especially throughout the tournament. And they they continued that last night. They were just too much for San Diego State, who made a run 
cut the lead at one point to five, but just could never really get over the hump. And, and UConn was just dominant. Um, UConn won its fifth national championship last night here in Houston at NRG Stadium. But one of the things that has happened over really the, the past several days um, that I want to talk about before I get into talking a little bit about baseball and that you hear from Dusty and um, the Rockets who have their final home game tonight against Denver. They have two more games on the road before their season's over. I'm going to let you hear from Steven Silas. And I'm also going to let you hear from D'Amico Ryans, um, Texans head coach, who was at a Rockets game on Sunday, uh, the Lakers-Rockets game. And he, he sank the first shot for charity. So I'm going to let you hear from head coach D'Amico Ryans, who just kind of instills incitement wherever he goes. But first, I want to talk about these national championships. And I really want to talk about what happened in the women's championship game. So in the game, towards the end of the game, uh, Angel Reese, who's an uh, all-world all player for LSU, um, made a gesture, you know, the see the ring or the hand gesture that became a whole thing, right? There were people saying, oh my gosh, that's classless. How could she? Um, because she did that to Caitlin Clark, the, the, the player, the um, All-America player from Iowa. And there seemed to be somehow people forgot that well, Caitlin did this. Has this is what she does? I mean, she's done it before, but throughout in the tournament, she certainly has. And she did it most recently. The last time we saw it was in the game when they played South Carolina. So it became a whole thing, right? All this conversation, people saying, "What in the world? It's classless. How could Angel do it? Um, she should know better." And it became this it took on another narrative um, of somebody who I would call a, a friend colleague in the business made a post on Twitter. I'm not going to say his call his name out. Cause that's not my point. And he called out the angel Reese, the player. I'm going to see if I can pull that up for you. Um, the player from LSU and the picture of her making the, you know, he talked about it. He called it classless. He said that she, um, she's young, she should know better or, or she'll know better later or something like that. But then one of the things he also said was that, you know, Caitlin, what she did, you know, it was different. And, um, she said, he said, she it's clear that she was raised right. Um, what does that mean? Her parents raised her right. So I guess it is a matter of when I read that, I thought, okay, you double down on, um, you double down on that she's classless and you having a right to an opinion. But when you start talking about how Caitlin was raised, I think that's where you cross the line. Do you know Caitlin's parents? Um, do you know, like, how do you get to that? How do you get to say that Caitlin's was raised right and her parents did a really, did a good job raising her? I just, that's a struggle for me. And so um, I want to pull up something that I saw. Let me share my screen. And I want to talk about how do we get to that, right? Um, how, let's see here. I'm just going to show you one post. Um and so this is the post, right? Let me see if I can. So on the left, these are the things that the people are saying about Angel Reese. Thug, ghetto, unprofessional, bad for the sport, fake champion, right? All of that. On the other side, queen, competitive, good for the sport, champion in our hearts. Those are the, those are the messages. Those are the images. Those are the things some of the things that have been said, right? And you wonder, well, why are people talking about it? And I recall recently, um, well, maybe it was about a month ago, being on a show, uh, doing a TV show here in Houston, Isaiah's show. I do that show often. And it was, it was in response, the segment I was on was talking about the comments that Deion Sanders had made, where he talked about the kind of players he looked for and the quarterback, he wanted to be smart, coming from a two-family home, 
all of that. But if a defensive player for a lineman, he wanted somebody different, you know, uh, single family, single parent home, um, from the hood, rough, tough. I mean, it fed into all of the stereotypes that we fight every day. So when I was in the green room getting ready for that segment, somebody who was on another segment said, hey, what are you here to talk about? And I said, oh, I'm here. You know, I mentioned Deion Sanders. We're here to talk about those comments. And this person said, all that fake outrage. And what I said to him then, and what I always say is, words matter. Okay, because those words feed into stereotypes, they feed into messages and they matter. So it's not OK. Like Deion Sanders comments about that, although he was joking and people say, well, it's really the truth. It was bigger than him talking about what kind of quarterback or what kind of defensive lineman he wanted. Right. It's bigger than that. It's a, this cultural battle that we're in right now. Right to be able to preserve our history, to be able to have space. We've got to hold space for each other. And part of that is in what we say. We can't feed into these negative stereotypes. It's just not okay. And so what I say to you is words matter. You can have an opinion about both of your young ladies. And if if it's good sportsmanship or not, you, you can do that. All I say is you got to keep the same energy for both. If it's good sportsmanship and if it's competitiveness from Caitlin, then it is that very same thing from Angel Reese. And we've got we've to we've be clear about that. So that's what I wanted to say to start today's show as I talk about the games. And unfortunately, instead of there being this great conversation about how great LSU was and, and, and you know, Angel Reese was the MVP of the tournament. And instead of those things being discussed, here we are me included, talking about this narrative that is derogatory about this young Black woman and either defending it or going along with it. That is the conversation, not the great tournament that took place, the great championship game that took place. So anyway, um, I'm happy to talk about it. If you've got thoughts, I'm happy for you to join in and, and tell me your thoughts. Uh, hey, Marcus. Um, I look forward to it. You know, I look forward to visiting with you. I remember Marcus for quite a while. Hey, Bobby, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's good to see all of you. And um, yep, I'd be happy to come over and check out what you're doing. Listen, um, we've just got to be vigilant, right? You know, the space that I'm in is about messaging and words and telling stories. And so I'm going to call a thing a thing. And I'm just going to offer you a different way of looking at it. I am going to do a segment and I won't get to it today, but I'm going to talk about how these things, how does media really work? You know, I, I know that there's social media and everybody's like, well, I can have my own platform. But let's let's talk about how, how this thing works, right? How are stories decided? How are they told? Not on social media, but other places. Because these, these images and messages have spilled over beyond just social media. Right. And so we want to I want to talk about that as well. Hey, good morning, Bobby. Welcome. It's good to see you. Hey, good morning, Phyllis Johnson. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, Marcus, yes, you're right. This story has been a firestorm. And I will admit I was disappointed um, in the first lady who I am in general a, a supporter of. But, you know, everybody, you know, sometimes people say things they shouldn't. And in, in her excitement about Caitlin Clark, she's like, let's invite them all, Iowa and LSU, to the White House. Nope. That's not how it works. The team that won wins the championship. The champions get to come. Now, if you want to invite Caitlin over to, you know, hang out with you at the house, with you and Joe, then you do that. But in terms of the team, it's LSU. Because I don't think that if LSU had lost, there'd be a conversation about, well, let's invite Iowa and LSU. So... Anyway, it did create a firestorm, um, but, you know, people make mistakes, and that's not been the general energy we have seen from Jill Biden, and so I'm willing to say, you know, dial that back and, and allow for a little bit of grace, all right? You're listening to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Kim Davis. Super, super excited to be with you, and you're right. This is a story. This is something, um, Marcus, that requires... A little more conversation. So I want to, you know, I'm going to have a guest on. We may do something a little later in the week 
one of my media colleagues who's a producer. Um, I want to talk about this media piece and the messages because I think that gets lost on us sometimes. And it's easy to just act like the words don't matter, but they do all matter. All right. They, they all matter. So uh, shifting gears, I want to talk a little bit about baseball. The Astros opened their season, the season. They've been in camp, of course, all spring. They opened their season last um, Thursday night at home against the Chicago White Sox. And <clears throat> the Houston Astros right now are two and three. So it, they've, they've gotten off to, uh, you know, a little slower start than perhaps one would want. <clears throat> they are, are at home tonight. They're playing the Detroit Tigers. They'll play them again. They played them last night. They'll play Detroit again tonight. And then tomorrow is a getaway day. Um, trying to go back to something. It's, it's, it's a 182-game season. That's the first thing I want to say. <laughs> uh, the Astros last night, <clears throat> I'm losing my, my days. So I was not at the Astros game last night. I was covering the, the, um, the, the championship game of the Final Four. But last night, the Astros did host the Tigers. That final was seven to six, right? So the Astros who have been, you know, their one concern may be their offense because they've got some people out. They've got Jose Altuve out. He, uh, he was in a cast when I saw him on opening day, a cute little pink cast, but nevertheless a cast when he got injured in the World Baseball Classic. And Michael Brantley is out. And so those are two significant pieces of the lineup and two really big bats, right? Um, so they lost last night to the Tigers. They play the Tigers again tonight. They're two and three. And what I say is, Y'all don't start panicking early. It's a 182-game season, right? So it's important that they can be healthy, that they can, you know, um, you don't want to start too slowly so that you get way behind. But if you spend everything you've got from the beginning, you've got to have something at the end in August and September. So I would say don't worry about it yet and um, get ready for it to be another exciting season with the Houston Astros. Here was Dusty Baker <clears throat> last week as, as he got ready to kick off this season and hopefully defend the World Series title. Dusty Baker. Like this feels like this is what I'm supposed to do. And uh, this, this is how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to have been the whole time. And um, uh, you realize, you know, we're starting off a little different than we started out last year. You know, we just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out lineup changes or, you know, like how to do this. I ain't worried about last year. It's, uh, you know, how, how are we going to do this until my guys come back and get healthy? Does he have a so the question was really thinking about last year, what all you accomplished. And as you heard him say, it's not about last year. I'm worrying about how we're going to do this until our guys get healthy and we get a full squad back. So um, don't worry. I think this this, this um, Astros team is going to be fine. And uh, great. I was trying to find some notes for today's game to get tonight's game. So as I mentioned also tonight, the Houston Rockets will play their final home game. They're taking on the Denver Nuggets. Um, then they go on the road for two games. They play at Charlotte and end the season in Washington. Uh, they take on the Wizards. Their last game of the season, I believe, is on Sunday. But let me just tell you for sure. I don't have to guess. It's been a rough season for the Houston Rockets, okay? It's, it has been. Um, they play Denver tonight. They play Charlotte on Saturday. And then they play Easter Sunday noon. They play at Washington and that will be the final game. They're 19 and 60 right now. Um, they are playing a tough game at home tonight against the Denver Nuggets, as I mentioned. Uh, and just trying to finish this season out, you know, the Denver Nuggets, if you look at the playoffs right now, 
and the standings in the West. The Nuggets how would be the number one seed if this if if it ended the season ended today. They've already clinched the division. Uh, they are fifty two and forty six, and Memphis is two in the West. Sacramento is three, followed by Phoenix, the Clippers, and Golden State. Those are the top six teams in the Western Conference right now. The Lakers are seven. New Orleans is eight. Minnesota's nine. Oklahoma City's ten. Those four teams right now will be a part of the play-in tournament, the play-in game, if you will. That is what's happening in the NBA and the Western Conference. In the East, Milwaukee has uh, you know, clinched the division. They are in the first spot with a record of 56 and 22. Boston is in second place. They're two games behind. Philadelphia is the three seed, would be the three seed. Cleveland four, New York five, and Brooklyn six. Those are the top six seeds in the East, followed by Miami at seven, Atlanta at eight, Toronto at nine, Chicago at 10. If the season ended today, those four teams would be in the play-in. Uh, the top six seeds are automatically in to the postseason. So teams seven through 10 will participate in a play-in to determine playoff seeds seven and eight. It is that time of year. Um, here is coach Silas. You know, we talked about, he talked about LeBron James and he talked about, um, you know, all that he did quite frankly, um, over the weekend because he was very, you know, active. If uploading, there it is. He was very active in the final four festivities, there's the black coaches always have their their conference or convention around the final four because they know a lot of the coaches will be in town. And so they have all kind of programs and workshops. And so Coach Coach Silas talked about some of the activities and 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 he shared what he did over final four weekend, in addition to obviously his team had had games to play. There's a bunch of coaches in town. So yeah, yeah I spoke at the Coaches Association event on, I don't even know what today is, uh, Friday and then, or Saturday, and then yes, this, today I spoke at the Ropes and Gray um, brunch. So I've been on the speaking <laughs> tour just because there's so many people who want knowledge and people who want to hear the experience of starting you know in the video room or starting as a scout and working your way all the way up to being a, uh, a head coach there's a lot of lessons in there that um you know I've, I've been sharing so that was head coach steven silas talking about really kind of his experience and what he'd been doing over the final four weekend which is great you know to share that experience and then he talked also this was before after the lakers game on sunday night um the the Lakers obviously, you know, won that game. Um, the final was 134 to 109, right? So you could say, well, okay, not a lot of great defense, but the Lakers shot about 56%. You can't give up that kind of those kind of points and and, and win even in your own building. They had uh they out rebounded the Rockets 51 to 44. On the other side, the Rockets shot about 43%. Um, from threes, the Rockets shot a little better. They were 13 or 34. The Lakers were nine of 30 and the Lakers went to the, the line 28 times. They shot 75%. They led in assists, blocks, points in the paint, fast break points. And the bench was very, very impressive. They outscored the Rockets bench 50 to 22. LeBron is back making his way and in, into playing his way into, um, postseason shape, if you will. And of course, Anthony Davis is just a matchup problem for really anybody. But here is Coach Silas just talking about uh, LeBron. Barely. I mean, LeBron, LeBron's greatness is multifaceted, right? Like he's a, one of the best passers the game has ever seen. And um, so, yeah, when he's doing his thing and you're trying to stop him from scoring, then the passing comes into play. Uh, AD was obviously just a tough matchup for us. We uh, didn't have the physicality, we didn't have the quickness to keep up with him. And then he was going so quick that, and the places that he was going from, 
we couldn't get to our double teams. So, um, yeah, that's an experienced group over there that uh, really needed to win. And there's a bunch of young guys who are trying to figure it out and fought and tried and um, hopefully learn something. Hopefully learn something tonight. Yep. Um, they've had a lot of lessons throughout this season. You know, if you <clears throat> if you only watch the teams, you know, you watch the box scores and you go, wow, they're 19 and 60, Kim. This team is really awful. And you you've never you haven't really followed the team and watched them play. I mean, they're fun to watch. You know, they are young and and I I can't I can't emphasize that enough that they're so young and youth matters. You know, I think there was something, if you look at the average age of the players on the UConn team <clears throat> and the average age of the starting five on the Rockets, <clears throat> the players, the age of the, the average age of the UConn players would be older. I mean, if you look at the Rocket starters and that is, that's, that's saying something, right? Um, I'm going to go back to... <clears throat> I think the veteran is, <clears throat> pardon me, is, is, is Jay Sean Tate, who's injured. Maybe he's 25, but you've got Jalen Green, who I think he's now 21. You've got a couple players that are 21. You've got a couple who, are, who aren't even 20 yet. And <clears throat> it is, I was trying to pull up their roster so I could show you what I mean. So Jalen is 21. Yep. Um, KPJ, who's who you would say is kind of a veteran, he's 22. Jabari, who they drafted in the first round last year, is 19. Alpi <clears throat> Shingoon is 20. Uh, Kenya Martin Jr. is 22. Jay Sean Tate is the, is the veteran in this group. He's 27 years old. And Tari Eason, who's another rookie, is 21. So th those are the players that you're seeing get most of the time. That's youth. And quite frankly, you just you just can't coach youth. Um, there's a lot to be said for what they're doing. And uh, hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much, Son Syria. I appreciate you. Uh, Bobby Scott says, UConn fans rioted crickets. I mean, no one's talking about it. And Bobby says, Astros, Dusty's trying to figure out his lineup. He's listen, he's figuring out with what he's working with, right? You, you, you lose your, you know, your all pro second baseman in, in, in spring training at, at the world baseball, at the baseball Congress, world base, what is it? World baseball championships. So you lose Altuve. That's a big loss. Right, you lose Altuve, Michael Brantley, who you expected to be back. You know he was out most of the end of the second part of the season last year with the shoulder injury. You missing him. He is a consistent big bat in the lineup. And so while you have some changes, um, you know those are those are big deals. But you have to go ahead and play. Like what do you do in the meantime? I'm glad that it was um, LSU only flow this privilege appeared. Yeah. You're talking about the, with Jill Biden inviting, um, saying she would like to invite them both. Yeah. She just bless her heart. Uh, I'm sure someone has pulled her to the side since then and said, yeah, ma'am, all due respect. That's not how this works. <laughs> and, and dial that back as soon as you can. So I've been pretty busy all morning. As I mentioned, it was over at radio one that shout out to AV and candy for, um, helping us spread the word and all the good folks over at Radio One. We're doing some other pieces tomorrow with uh, on the 97.9 side, just to spread the word about this upcoming walk. The African-American Male Wellness Agency is having this first walk in Houston. Uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner is the honorary chairperson. And, you know, Dr. Muhammad, Minister Dr. Muhammad said something that I thought was really important. Look at it like the Million, <clears throat> the million Man March, when back in the day that a million men from around the country were mobilized. And a big part of it was sisters, were, were women supporting them saying, no, you got to go. You need to go be a part of this. And so people ask me, so why are you involved? Because I want to be one of those women that not only helps from a, you know, how can I help from a communication standpoint um, with the messaging, with the partnerships and doing that work, but also just to be a supporter and encourager and to say to the brothers, <clears throat> go be a part of this 
movement, right? Be a part of this. Go find out, get your numbers, have your health screening. I, I learned something today that I didn't know before I was doing the, the radio show earlier with, with Pastor Jay, who is the executive director of the local African-American male wellness agency. It just opened in Houston officially on the 1st of February. He said that each time there's been a walk, and this is the, there've been 19 walks in Columbus prior to um this year. This is the 20th year of the agency. And this walk in Houston really kicks off walk season. There will be 18 of these walks around the country. Houston's the first for 2022. For many years, this walk was only held in Columbus, Ohio. But every walk I learned today, one of the men has left in an ambulance, has left to go straight to the hospital, rather. He was at the walk learned that he needed some immediate care and went from the walk to a hospital. Sometimes we know things aren't well, right? We don't feel great. We know we're not really doing the right things in terms of diet and exercise. But sometimes we look healthy. We feel healthy. I mean, you look fit. You're, you're playing weight from when you were in college or if you played in a league and you're like, I'm good. And then you go get a health screening, you go to the doctor and you find out, oh my gosh, my blood pressure is off the chart. I've heard those stories over and over again. So join us on April the 15th in Houston. Come out. Fellowship with family is for the whole family. You know, um, men can talk to families. They can talk to each other. We encourage that. Get these free screenings. It's free to participate. We just need you to show up and do the work and start this journey. And if you're already on a health and wellness journey, bring somebody with you and encourage them to be a part of the walk on April the 15th. The screening start at 7 a.m. The walk is at 9 a.m. on the campus of Texas Southern University. I am super excited about that. Now, I mentioned to you uh, in the, I guess in the promo, if you will, as I talked about what's gonna be on today's show, the NFL owners meetings happened um, last week. And, um, you know, there's always a lot of stuff that, I don't know if you say a lot of stuff. They are meeting today, actually. No, this is not that. I'm going back. I'm trying to bring you something. Well, one of the things that did happen is that the Houston Texans have, have kicked off, have launched, announced a fan council. What they have invited, uh, they are opening it up to fans to be a part of an advisory council as they make decisions. Now, you're not going to be able to make any kind of player personnel choices. Let me just be clear about that. The Texans didn't tell me that. I feel pretty confident they're not going to let fans start making their draft choices or, or deciding who they should get in free agency. However, the fact that there is a um, this council that they are saying, we know that we need to do some things differently. We know we have missed the mark a lot in recent years. And quite frankly, it doesn't take a rocket science for them, rocket, rocket scientists for them to know that. All you have to do is look at the games, their home games that end up being really home games sometimes for the visiting teams because they're able to come in and get a lot of the tickets because the fans are not really supporting the Texans at a high level right now. I mean, there are some people who are still going to games, but the but it's different. It's freezing in the stadium because there's no people in there, right? And it's too many times the visiting team is a is the is the team that you look at and you say, "Wow, this is a lot. They have a lot of people here. How do you turn this around?" Well, of course, the first thing they have to do is they've got to they've got to win. But there's there's so much more than just winning. So um, we hear the word tossed out a lot, culture, the culture. What's the culture around the, around the organization? I was trying to find these key takeaways, if you will. Um, from the owners meeting and I don't have it, but I'll get it to you, right? I was trying to think of some things that I wanted to make sure we talked about. But at any rate, owners meetings last week. And I wanted to share with you D'Amico Ryans, not from the owners meeting, 
something a little lighter. He was at the Rockets and the Lakers game on Sunday night. He took the first shot for charity. Of course, if you make the shot, $5,000, the, the, the Rockets donate $5,000 to the Clay City Foundation. I think that's the foundation. And if you miss the shot, they donate $1,000 in your name to charity. And so this on Sunday night, D'Amico did make the shot. And he said he was super excited. He was there with his wife and with uh, Hal Lucana, Cal and Hannah McNair. And, you know, he was asked what's more nerve wracking, having the second overall pick in this year's draft or shooting that shot. <laughs> Here's D'Amico after he made that shot and he chatted with us uh, before he and his wife took time to enjoy a basketball game. Oh, it's definitely more pressure hitting that shot. I was a baseball guy, so I was baseball and football. My son's playing basketball now, so all those coaching points I was trying to give him, I had to put it into action. So fun time, man. Happy to be here. And I want to thank the Rockets for having me out. What oh, you think you hit the shot? That's a big sigh of relief. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was good. Hey, Coach, you talk about excitement. So, a lot of guys working together, right, to make sure that we have a thorough process with the guys that we're evaluating. And come the end of this month, you know, we'll have our have our chance, have our opportunity to add some really talented guys to our team. So we're fired up about it. All right. That is your Houston Texans head coach, D'Amico Ryans. And uh, Bobby said we'll be there. Hey, I appreciate that. That's awesome. You can go to the website. Um, I'm going to post it in the, in the comments when I get done with the show. I pinned them in the comments last week so that you can go in and find all the information about the walk. Um, if you want to have a team, if you're passionate about this work and you want to have a passion team, that's where the name passion team came from. You can sign up your team online. It's still free to do that. Come out in your shirt. If it's a family shirt or or business, or a fraternity, or, or sorority, whatever it is, come out, support, and bring some people with you. That's that's what we're asking you to do. Um, that's awesome. Bobby says, already registered that he's volunteering. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for your support, and thank you for your willingness to, to be a part of this movement, because I believe it's a movement, right? The walk is just what's happening on Saturday, April 15th, but it is a part of a movement about being healthier and more well as a community. You know, we we learned that during COVID, 50% of the people who died from uh, COVID um, had diabetes. They had chronic illnesses. And so pre being predisposed to chronic illnesses that we can do something about with, with, with some better nutrition and a little movement, right? I'm not talking about wearing, running a marathon or even becoming vegan. I'm just saying, starting to move, and starting to make some changes in your diet. Just because somebody in your family has a chronic illness, it doesn't mean that you're predisposed to have it. It means that you may be predisposed to some of the same um, habits, but it doesn't mean that you're predisposed to have it. And so we have to stop telling ourselves that and say, listen, what are some small things that I can do? What are the small things I can do? Start the practice of little minor changes, right? Drink more water. In fact, I need to. I have not done much of that today because I've been running around. This is not a prop. You guys, if you watch the show, you know I'm always drinking water. Um, but make sure you hydrate and, and try to eat things that come from the earth, right? Um, eat things that are not so highly processed. And fast food is killing us fast. You got to get away from it. Uh, everything in moderation, you know, if you live in Houston and you say, well, Kim, I'm not going to give up my Frenchie's chicken. I'm not saying that you have to. I am saying you need to be moderate and maybe not have it all the time and do some other things. So that's just my little plug. Um, but the walk's going to be fun. There'll be things for the kids to do as a kid's zone. Um, there's going to be some entertainment. It's going to be a fun time. And whether you want to walk, if you say, hey, I, I want to run, whatever you want to do, most people will probably walk. It is a 5K walk and run. We welcome you to come out. Um, most importantly, come out and get those screenings. And women, you can be screened as well. I want to be clear about that. But get the screenings, get the information, be involved. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Bobby says, 
Texans ran off too many good office personnel, front office personnel, and key players. Fans aren't supporting a flawed product. They've made some stupid missteps trying to get it right. You know, those are great points, Bobby. They have made a lot of missteps. <clears throat> they they put a lot of trust and faith in the wrong people. They did it with Bill O'Brien, and then they followed up and they did it with uh, Jack Easterby. Um, I'm pleased about the D'Amico Ryan's hire. Jury's still out on Nick Casario. I'm just keeping it real, right? I don't know. Um, but at least D'Amico is here. Hopefully he gets the pieces he needs to move this train forward and in the right direction. Good morning, my friend, Charles Lamar Drake. I haven't had chicken since 1986 and it was Frenchies. <laughs> you can do it. Look at you. So um, when I was on with Dr. We ministered Dr. Muhammad earlier today. He said that he is a, how did he put it? Not a chickaholic. That's his, that's kind of like his thing. Like he's, he's avoiding it, but he's got a thing there. And so I haven't had any meat since 1998. Haven't had any beef or pork, right? Um, I have been on and off again with chicken. I am off again. Uh, I gave up chicken for Lent, you know, um, I'd gone years without having chicken. And sometimes I don't have any, you know, I, I do seafood, I do fish, I do seafood. And sometimes I don't have any of it. I mean, I can have vegetables, but um, <laughs> Charles says birds of a feather. Absolutely. I think that you have to find out um, what works for you and, and what makes sense. And it just, take it slow. You know, um, we want to do everything and we want to see these results like really, really fast. I know I do, you know, but it doesn't work like that. So give yourself time and just say, am I doing a little bit, a little bit better today than I am that I did last week? And then do that and say, oh, well, today wasn't a great day, but tomorrow I'm going to do a little better. And I think if that's the approach, that's that's the approach you can have some sustainable progress because that's the key is that it's something that is you can maintain and it's sustainable so um i encourage you to just take some small chunks right do a few things um and you know think about these fancy cars are you driving a cadillac or a mercedes or range rover you know what kind of gas you putting in it you can't just put any kind of gas in it, right? And aren't our bodies worth at least what these vehicles are? You've got to put the right kind of fuel in these temples that we have. You got a whole lot more moving parts in those cars. They're just, they're mechanical. But even with that, you've got to put the right stuff in them for them to run and perform properly. And so I think that we all want to have our own personal engines performing at the highest level. And we do that by just the kind of fuel that we give ourselves. So I encourage you to just think about it. Come out and join us on the 15th of April at Texas Southern University. It's going to be a fun time. And I'm hoping that it's a movement and that there are men from all over the city and then there are women and their families there supporting the walkers and being a part of the process as well. That's the vision I have, and I'm super excited about you being a part of it. So, um, listen, the Rockets end their home season tonight at the Toyota Center. The Astros are playing the Tigers at Minute Maid Park. The Astros head out on the road where they play uh, in Charlotte on Friday night, and then they end the season on Sunday with a noon game in Washington. And then we'll see. Our season begins. Don't know what's going to happen. Uh, people keep asking me what I think about si uh, Coach Silas. I would not be surprised if they keep Coach Silas until the team is competitive, right? Because the babysitting, some of that that he's had to do and to bring along the young men, and I don't mean that in any way of being derogatory to these young players. They're good young men, right? They seem to be a good group of young men who are, are trying to learn how to be professional basketball players. Right. The difference is you usually have one or two of those players. Now they've got a whole starting five, pretty much, of players like that. And so it is it's a lot. And so I think he has done an admirable job with what he has had, with the hand he has been dealt. Let's not forget that when Steven Silas took this job, he came in and 
the team that he was going to coach had two former MVPs and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. He got to coach neither of them. They both were like, deuces, I don't want to be here. I'm out. And they left. Um, Russell, in, in a, a much better way, if you will, than James did. But nevertheless, the team became instantly a lottery team. They got lots of picks. But it was a huge turnaround really, really quickly. And so this is the this is the hand he was dealt. And I think he's done a good job with it. If you just look at the record and you go, well, Kim, they haven't improved much in terms of the record over the last few years. I would say if you look at just numbers, you're absolutely right. I thought they would win more than, you know, they're at 19 games now. The most they could finish with is 22. Um, I doubt that they go out on a three-game win streak. Who knows? They could. So I thought they win more. I thought they win at least 22 games this year. I thought at least 25, I think is what I said when I did a show on Channel 11 at the start of the season. However, this is where they are. And there has been some progress of late. But these young guys are all having to learn how to be NBA players all at the same time. It is a lot. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this Houston Rockets franchise some of you have been inboxing me about the James Harden rumors that they're going to bring him back. I have no idea. It's not a move that I would make. I don't think it's the right move. I think that James, while he had a great career in Houston, he, 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 he didn't have what it took to take them to a championship or even to, uh, you know, an NBA, an NBA final. Um, but, you know, he had a, Listen, he's one of the best, most prolific offensive players we have seen. There's no taking that away from him. I don't know that he has the thing you need a player to have <clears throat> to lead you to a championship. I've always said that. It's something about that championship DNA. I'm not convinced that he has it. With that said, I think he's in the best shot to get it right now. He's with Joel Embiid. So if he gets it this year, good for him. If he does not, then I don't know where he will get it. That being said, I just don't think he's the best fit for this young Rockets team. I'm sure that Tillman Fertitta will say, hey, I'm just trying to get people in the seats. I don't know how many people come back and start watching the Rockets just because you have James Harden. You have this James Harden. One, after the way he left, and two, at the fact that while he is still a great player, he is on the downside of his career. He is not the James Harden you had five years ago. So at any place, um, at any rate, we shall see. <clears throat> what happens, what they do in free agency. I know the thing is they're hoping at, with the lottery to finally get the number one pick, even when they've had the absolute worst record in the league the last two years. They did not get the top pick. They had the third pick one year. Last year they had the second pick. Hopefully this year they get the number one pick where they can go get Victor Wimbanyana. Um, Victor is a player that, so I talked to some coaches at the final four this week. And they said, he is a transformational player, right? The only thing you worry about with a player like a Victor is, you know, can he stay healthy? You know, will he have issues with his, you know, his lower extremities, his legs or his feet? Sometimes those big guys that play that, play that way, uh, struggle to stay healthy. So that's their big question. But other than that, they say he is a player that can revolutionize your program. So, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Bobby says, uh, Phil for Silas, he needs an enforcer on his staff or a seasoned NBA player on the roster. Leave JH alone away from H-Town. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he does need a seasoned veteran player um, that can, that can you know, be that enforcer kind of person, a veteran who wants to be in the role. Like there have been some veterans, but they really weren't the person. So they need the person. And so we'll see what they get. They've got cap space and we'll see what they do in this off season. All right. That is going to do it for me today. We are out of time for this week's show. As always, um, I appreciate you showing up. I'm asking that if you will share this show with the audience, wherever you are seeing it or hearing it, be sure to share it with your tribe as we continue to expand and grow the brand of Chalk Talk. You know, my tagline for the show is Chalk Talk is more than sports, 
right? We do so much more than that here. We talk about life. We talk about culture. We talk about things that matter to you and your family. And sports is the foundation of it. But I also think that sports is really a part of everything that we do. It's a microcosm of society. And that's one of the things I love about it. If it happens in sports, you can point to it happening someplace else. So with that said, a few things. Make sure you're registered to vote. I say that every week, whether there's an election coming up or not, if you stay registered to vote, then you don't have to get registered. I'm never going to tell you who to vote for. I am going to encourage you to be registered and be informed so that you can be a part of the process of making your community, your city, your town, your city and state and country better for you and your family. Vote your values is what I suggest, but you got to be registered in order to do that. Also, y'all, this COVID thing is still out there. If you have not been vaccinated, I'm encouraging you to get the vaccine. Stay vaccinated so that we can be as healthy as possible and make sure that you sign up, that you come out and join us for the African-American Male Wellness Agency Um the Male Wellness Walk on April the 15th at Texas Southern University. Thanks to the World Youth Foundation for partnering with us to help spread the word about this work. Thanks to our friends over our friends over at I Love Jinka. Um, this is where you find them when you go in HEB. You probably could use some Jinka in your life. Here at HEB in the Healthy Living Department, the probiotics, you can find Jinka seven days a week. Up and of course there is Kimmy Treats. All right, everybody, remember, do something kind for yourself and do something kind for somebody else. Make it a great, great week. I'll see you next Tuesday right here on Chalk Talk. Have a great week, everybody. Peace.